Welcome to the first part of the Panel Scanners podcast and our ninth annual end of the year awards program. Matt, what? Mark, Gary and I have scanned thousands of panels in search of our favorite characters, story arcs, moments in art from 2022. Now, really quickly before we dive into this, we need to always put this little footnote in that we are talking about our favorites, right? We're not talking about the best thing because that is very, very specific to the person. And we all are not going to agree on things here. So when we are talking about our little rundowns here, we're talking about our favorites, not the best, um, because most likely there are other things out there that we missed. However, if you have favorites, let us know about it. Send us your favorites on the Apple podcast comments, Instagram, Facebook, and we'll uh, run through them on our next episode. I would actually really, really like to do that. So please, please do. <laughs> but with this episode, we're going to go ahead and start with our multi multimedia selections for the best of 2022. But Mark, go with that. We will talk comics. Oh yeah, yeah. We're. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were following a script. We never do that. Like a <laughs> finely tuned machine. We are a finely tuned machine. <laughs> yeah. So the second episode is more comic focused. Um, not everybody here is reading comics as heavily as others. So there might be a little TV thrown in, movies, what have you. Um, we're looking at you, Matt. And so... of dance, looking at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And... Wonder of Wonders. I read comics this year. They're old, I but I read them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It's not about when they were written. It's about when you read them, right? I, I think I actually want to talk are. about something that was written last year that I didn't read until this year as I well. read Caligula. No. No? No. Just All right. No. All right. So after our little stumble there, let's, let's talk <laughs> um, right out the gate here about the biggest all-encompassing moments. And I, I'll kick this off. Wow, were no introductions this episode? Oh, fine. If we must. I'm Phil. Tell us, uh, Phil. Okay. Guy whose voice you've probably been listening to the longest. If you have been listening to us for a long time, probably the most annoying. Uh, with me, as always, is Gary. Howdy, dude. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's nothing, it, that's it. nothing better? Catch me in a couple weeks. Might, might be out of this funk. That, that's fair enough. Hence uh, the green shirt. It is. You know, let's talk about the other guy with the green shirt. How you doing, Mark? I am inevitable. Well, Mark just... <laughs> Where did you get that? A uh, giant infinity gauntlet. That's, uh... Yeah, that, that is what you have to do with it. And we've now been flicked off. Early Christmas present. <laughs> that is a very different snap. Um, And lastly, but just not... Just try to relax. No. Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. But I'm going to take a little bit of offense to the fact that you said that we're only picking our faves and not the best. I would like to go on record and say that I think my opinions are the best. I don't know. Uh, well, you know. There's no response to That was pure horse crap. No, I, 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 I've got a response, but I don't think it's suitable for this podcast. <laughs> and see, now you guys know why. I like something else. I only care about mine and don't care if you have one. Or something Is like that what, that. Yeah, that works. <laughs> now you know why I was insisting we do introductions because I've been balancing that damn giant infinity gauntlet on my lap for five minutes. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> I see. You could have just whipped it out. Oh, oh, Phil uh, continues. Guys, this can't is help it. We're going to have a best of Phil episode where we just take sound bites <laughs> take from like the last 10 years. Sound bites <laughs> it will decidedly okay. be in a not all ages podcast. Throw a Brazers logo up there. Do you know what it honestly is? I 
I'm so cognizant during my work day of what I'm saying because I don't want to be relentlessly mocked by teenagers that by the time I'm hanging out with you guys, I'm not oh thinking God. about it anymore. And it just word vomit. I am so glad I don't have your job because I would fail at that in like day two. I'm well, not saying I'm successful. To, to be fair, I don't think that there's a whole lot of 12 year olds listening to a bunch of middle aged guys talk about comic books. You would be surprised. <laughs> my son in the car. <laughs> I would be surprised. My students beg me all the time to hear what the name of our podcast is. And you don't tell them? Oh, why would I? They don't even know what I'm really like. Come on. That's insane. And when you talk about them. No, no. All right. So let, 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 let's jump into this a little bit, right? It's happened this year. Okay. Yeah, no. Um. So we're going to start with our biggest all-encompassing moment. So this is kind of like a really, really memorable thing that has occurred. I might have some recency bias here. And I wanted to make sure I got at least one video game in my list, as I do every year. Uh, we were actually talking about this pre-record. God of War Ragnarok is out. And my all-encompassing moment is the fight between Kratos and Thor at the beginning of that game. It is the first time in a long time that during like a quick time event, I started screaming at the TV because I thought I had messed up and I hadn't because I thought I was dead. If you have not played this game, one, beautiful, two, amazing acting, and three, that fight by itself is, is reason enough to give it a go. He didn't say you were done, did he? Okay. No. No. Okay. He actually said you're not done. Mm. Yeah, I, I somehow stumbled across some video gameplay on that. And so, not giving it away. Yeah, don't ruin it because I'm only about a third through, and I'm sure there are people out there listening who have not gotten any further than that either. Mm. But still, that's the thing that's stuck stuck with me, and I really, really, really want to go back to the game. Winter break is right around the corner, and I will be finishing it probably early next week. Mark? Uh, you know, I was very tempted for the longest time to say the episode of Obi-Wan where Vader is stalking Obi-Wan through that industrial town and acting like Michael Myers with a lightsaber. But, but then I got God of War. And my favorite moment is also God of War Ragnarok, but it's a very different kind of moment. There is a side quest when you're in Anaheim, An Anaheim, Anaheim's in California, Alfheim, with the uh, elves, and there's a side quest you can go on with Atreus, and there is just a wonderful quiet moment in there when Atreus asks Kratos, why did we do this? Why did we go through all this? What did it get you? And Kratos just comes out with a line, something along the lines of, if this is Ragnarok, it's the end. And I wanted to treasure what time we had. Yeah. And it's just such a huge shift for his character to think like that. And it, it just, it hit me right in the feels for Kratos, of all people, to say that. Mm. I have made it that far, and that was awesome. Yeah, that was just one of the, I, my jaw hit the floor. I was like, did he really just say that? Wow. And like through the whole game, I've noticed so far that Kratos is very different. Mm -hmm. He has changed a lot. For being a father, yeah, it definitely did something to him. So yeah. I have to sit down and watch some of the gameplay of that. That's mine. What do you got, Matt? Um, I you know, there's moments I like better, but I want to keep in the spirit of the moment. And obviously, I mentioned to you guys off mic that I have an affinity for television this year. So. The best encompassing moment that I have is Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the face. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, 
Um, actually, it's so hard to believe that that actually happened this year. That's the one thing I was like, oh my goodness, that, that seems was like it's so long ago. I know. <laughs> um, but I'm actually going to go with the moment that caused a stir in television, social media, and the radio of all places. Uh, it's a bit of a strange poll for me because I do enjoy the show, but I, you know, to me, it's just kind of the resounding impact. And I'm going with um, Stranger Things episode four of season four titled Dear Billy. Um, in and of itself, if you're a fan of the series, it's an emotional moment. It's a really good episode. Um, but in all honesty, it had such a weird impact on it overall. It created memes on TikTok. It caused a song that was released in 1985 to hit number three on the Billboard's Hot 100 in 2022. Uh, I know there are better moments for sure, but this one might take the cake in terms of the biggest moment as it hit like multiple avenues and multiple genres, multiple generations. So that's going to be mine. That's, that's what, what a fun I choice. The, I think well, was that Hetfield dressed up as him for Halloween this past year. <laughs> Who did? James Hetfield from Metallica. Oh, really? Did he? Yeah, dr dressed up as, as him from, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Comes full circle. Yeah. Gary, what are you thinking? Well, um, unlike last year, I actually had the opportunity to watch a lot of TV and movies this year. Um, probably because I embarrassed myself last year with like pretty much one selection. Um, my biggest all-encompassing moment happened in uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And that is the on-screen appearance of the Illuminati. Um, you bring back... Charles Xavier from the old X-Men movies. You have John Krasinski, the fan favorite for Reed Richards. Um, again, giving, you know, a glimpse of Fantastic Four. You know, that was the, I want to say the fan swell, you know, for wanting him in that role. Um, you bring in Black Bolt from the TV series. It, it, it was just sort of, um, I don't want to say the, the big vacuum where they just kind of like, took everything that they could get their hands on from all their different little, you know, avenues of TV and old movies and things yet to come. And just brought them all onto screen all at the same time and just said, now here, everything's connected. Um, I don't know that, that, that to me, even though I never really watched the old X-Men movies, I never saw the Inhumans when it was on TV. Um, I mean, I thought the John Krasinski thing was kind of cool because I had seen a lot on the internet about that. But um, for someone who didn't really have a lot invested in it, I was able to just realize how cool that really was. So that that is my all-encompassing moment was the appearance of the Illuminati in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Very cool. So keeping to uh, basically movies, since Gary kind of kicked that off a little bit, Favorite on-screen villain, and I'm actually also going to pull from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, being the Scarlet Witch. Oh, the, I'm glad I changed mine then. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, kind of an unexpected villain who is a hero. Um, just the whole horror aspect of her was fantastic in that movie. It's really the only one that stuck with me. So uh, definitely Scarlet Witch from Doctor Strange. And I love that moment when you realized she was the villain. Right. When, when Steven's talking to her and she said something that Steven hadn't mentioned to her mm -hmm. and he realized and she's like, oh, you never told me that, did you? And that's when like the stomach sinks and you're going, oh, she's behind it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it was so, so good. So, so good. And they kept I, I, they kept that secret really well, because going into the movie, I had no idea. 
No, I and thought they were a team up. I was wondering, I'm like, who's the villain of this going to be? There's got to be mm-hmm. a central villain. And it's that. I'm like, oh, oh, they're in trouble. <laughs> good. Good times. Good times. Mark? Uh, you know, there were a lot of good villains to hate this year. I mean, Vader made a comeback on The Boys. You had Soldier Boy and Homelander, who's always fun to hate. But I'm actually going to go Gore the God Butcher. Ooh, okay. I, I, I thought Christian Bale did a fantastic job conveying the emotion of that character. Uh, yeah. The tragic backstory really nailed me right in the feels at the beginning. I mean, I just, I felt his reason for wanting to do what he's doing. It was a horrible sin committed against him and his child, and I just, I felt for him. And his whole story arc just... It really resonated with me. So, yeah, I think he was my favorite on-screen villain this year. I'm going to make a hypocrite of myself, but I know I've said this before. I, I I didn't see the movie, so I can't comment, but I hate when they make the villains like some... Tra- like, instead of just being evil, you know, they, they have to have some... Well, then some you probably won't like tragic. him because he's definitely yeah. not that. Yeah. I, I hate when they have to do it with every villain. You know, well, it's like, like we had talked about, like they did that back to, you know, with Megatron and, you know, and, and the, the most recent Transformers series, like they gave him this backstory where you almost feel bad for him. Well, like, I, no, I enjoy, I enjoy that. I like to, evil. if I can relate yeah. to a villain, it makes me understand their fall a little better. All right. Well, I, I, yeah. I can't enjoy the pummeling of them then. If... Well, it's like my, my favorite villains are the fallen heroes, like, you know, Sinestro yeah. and things like that, where it's like, you can see their path from they were good and they just keep carrying it a little too far each time. Mm. Right. Yeah, no, I have to agree. I, it's, it's fun every once in a while for a villain to just be a villain for the sake of being a villain. Of course. Um, but I, I, I appreciate the kind of what Mark was talking about, which actually is going to lead me into mine here. Um, yeah, I could have gone with several people. Uh, Jobu Tupaki and Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was an amazing movie. Oh, that, yes. Oh, goodness. So good. um, I really liked the portrayal of the Corinthian on the Sandman by Boyd Holbrook. I thought he was awesome. Uh, like you said, Mark, we had the return of Darth Vader this year, although it being... Uh, Aiden Christensen and um but I'm gonna go actually I'm but you'd never know that really (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I'm gonna go I'm gonna do the same thing you did man I I really enjoyed uh the portrayal of the villain by Christian Bale as Gore and the God Butcher and and Thor Love and Thunder I thought it was outstanding I actually did go back and rewatch um that movie in preparation for this and I you're absolutely right man you were gutted in that first section of that movie just because his his story is so tragic you know what I mean and it's so understandable and uh, when you put that on the backdrop of the comedy of that movie, for some reason, I I just loved it. And I think, Phil, you talked about it when the movie initially came out. It was like his portrayal of that character is so serious when compared to the kind of silly slapsticky components of the film. And it was an awesome. It was a great marriage. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, it's I, thought, out, I thought it was a great juxtaposition. But. It's out of sync, but for sure. But you're right. It absolutely works. It, I think it makes it yep. even better. <laughs> An inspired casting too, because that's that appears to be who Christian Bale is as an actor, as a very serious individual, and and yeah, I thought it was pretty great. Yeah, Gary, who's your favorite on-screen villain this year, man? Well, I'm I am not going to go with a tragic backstory. I am going to go with someone who's just evil. And Matt, you mentioned him. I am going to go with the Corinthian from I don't know what show was that? Uh, Sandman. Sandman. <laughs> wow. I thought you were doing a bit, Gary. I would have come in sooner, but I'm sorry. I thought you were goofing. Golden Girls? Yes. Yes. The Arthur. No. Um, yeah, no, Corinthian. Um, you don't actually get to watch him work, but 
they definitely imply and you know what he's doing. And not only is he just pure evil, but he has inspired other evil. Sure. Um, for those of you who didn't watch it, uh, not going to give away too much, but there is a, a convention and he is made the keynote speaker. You know, so all of these basically serial killers from around the country have come to this serial convention spelled like, <laughs> you know, the breakfast food um, to see him. And he gives them a speech and basically, you know, pumps them all up. And I mean, that that's what he is. He, he's just just evil. Like, that's what he was made for. He's a nightmare. That's through and yeah. through. But they even made they gave him an additional dimension that one. I don't know. I don't want to ruin it too much for everybody, but that show did come out back in August. And so if you haven't seen it, uh, maybe skip forward 30 seconds. I don't know. Um, but before his demise, I mean, he did, he gives a nice little speech toward uh, Morpheus that is actually pretty tragic too. So it's like, how can you be mad at me for doing the thing you designed me to do? You know what I mean? Like, it's really, yeah. it's kind of, it's a little bit sad. But again, uh, yeah, that's what he, he was designed choice. to do. That's his yeah. purpose. That's all yeah. he is. Yeah, so. he was, that's a great choice. Nice job. Oh, thank you. All right, from villain to hero. Uh, man, I really struggled with this. Um, I, I, I kind of started hitting my head against the wall, realizing that I didn't watch as much this year. Um, I just think I got kind of too busy or finally started getting too weighed down by too much being out there that I was hard to pick anything. But I was able to settle on Moon Knight from the Disney Plus uh, show. Um I think Oscar Isaac did a fantastic job with the Mark Spector character, the split personalities. Um, the costume was fantastic. And it just, it felt, it felt right. And it felt spotty and jumpy enough to kind of fit into that Moon Knight um, mythos that exists. I don't think the show kind of fell a little flat by the end, but the actual character and seeing him on screen was something that was worth giving my time to. Um, and I might actually circle back and try to rewatch it because I watched it kind of spaced out and I think it was a lot harder to follow because I didn't watch it kind of back to back. So, uh, yeah, my favorite on screen hero was Moon Knight. Yeah, that was was excellent choice. I mean, it, I mean, Oscar Isaac, you see him standing next to himself and even though you see them there, you still like realize they're two completely different people. Yeah. He did an amazing job. I totally yeah. knew what character it was just by the voice and the posture. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was brilliant. Yeah. That must've been a fun character for him to play. That was awesome. Right. Yeah, he did an excellent job. I wonder if he got paid four times for that. <laughs> you know, one for each character. I'm sure MCU took very good care of him. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> From what I've heard, Disney Plus has very deep pockets. <laughs> I'm Mark, sure Scarlett your... Johansson can back you up on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's why they have so much money. <laughs> Mark, who was your favorite on-screen hero this year? There were a lot of good ones, but uh, there was never really a doubt in my mind who I was going to put forward in this podcast, and that was uh, Naru in the movie Prey, portrayed by Amber Midthunder. I thought that character was amazing. Um, we've got a young Comanche woman who wants to be a warrior, is looked down on the men and the rest of the, by on the men by the rest of the tribe for this because she's a woman, and so she's not as experienced. She's skilled, 
But the thing is, you see through the whole movie how smart she is. And I loved how they conveyed, you can see her working out how the Predator technology works and how everything else works. And to the point where when somebody hands her a gun and tells her how it works, she's like, really, that's it? (laughs) 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 And uh, she was just an amazing character. Her and her dog, Sari, were fantastic. I thought (laughs) the duo was amazing. And uh, that movie just really struck me. I'm a huge Predator fan to begin with. And uh, I think it was the best thing to happen to that series, maybe ever. And uh, I just, I want to keep watching it over and over again for her performance and for that character. So that's my pick. Yeah, that was a great movie. I actually convinced my wife to watch it and she really enjoyed it. Oh, my wife so loved was, it. Yeah, that was a good stuff. Good stuff. My mom um, would fall asleep just because that's what she does in movies. <laughs> it's, it's funny because... Nothing against the movie. She just, you know, you put her... Make her focus on one thing for any amount of time, and she's out. It's funny, because originally the film was supposed to be called Skulls, and the entire pitch for it was going to be about the young Comanche woman trying to defy gender norms to become a warrior, and they were going to hide the whole Predator aspect of it and release that with no mention of it. Huh. That would have been kind of cool, honestly. Word got out, and I'm like, It well, just shows up. Yeah, like, that, that kind of sucks, because that's the kind of movie my wife and I would have watched anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 20 or 30 minutes in, we would have been, What? <laughs> and you're watching the rest of the movie to see what else shows up yes you know? sad that didn't work out because that would have been amazing nice. who harvest all right well this one's easy for me and uh yes i'm 100 influenced on my recency bias uh, i'm going with cassian andor on disney plus's andor uh it's been the show that's just completely changed 2022 for me in terms of television loved it awesome character awesome show that's mine. Really, we haven't really discussed that, so you, you recommend I watch it now that it's. Uh, I was waiting for it to be complete. We're going to watch it on holiday break, my wife and I. Yep, I did the same thing. I waited for it to be completely done, and uh, I tried to. I tried to parse it out so that I wasn't watching multiple episodes in a night. And I did that for the most part, um, but it didn't matter. I still watched one episode every single night for the better part of a week and a half. So it was, uh, yeah, outstanding show. I'm kind of like. Unlike anything else in terms of the Star Wars universe. they Well, I guess the only thing that would even come close to it is Rogue One. Which I yeah. loved, and I love that yep. segment of the timeline. So, Yep. Well, that, and we talked about that before, but even just the tone. Just the tone is outstanding. Good Very unique. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Gary. Well, my favorite on-screen hero, and honestly, I, I almost picked Mark Spector slash Moon Knight myself. Um, slash Stephen Grant slash anyway, but, and then I thought back and there's a hero out there on screen that I had been looking forward to in anticipation for years. And that would be Aloy from horizon forbidden West. Um, I have drugged that game out because I don't want it to end. I am now going back and trying to play through every side quest, every fetch quest, every training mission, just because I don't want to finish it. Um, There there was a situation where one of my son's friends actually opened the game before I was ready to, and sort of had to start playing it before I really had the time to sit down. And it was mentally torturous. It, it, because I did not want to stop. Um, But yeah, fantastic game. Now, granted, I have not played Ragnarok, uh, god of war so 
this is the uh, top game on my list right now. That's but, it's, um, it's on my list to go back to after Ragnarok, but that's going to be hard now that Witcher 3 was released today on PS5, so I really want to play that again. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's one of those games where you just can't do it like an hour a night. You know, they're, they're, it, it, the world's too big. There's There's too big of a story. I think that was the problem I was having playing Forbidden West was that mm-hmm. I was playing in 30 or 40 minute snippets while my wife was in the shower. And it's just, I didn't feel like I was able to get immersed into it enough. I think I yeah. need like an afternoon to sit down and really go at it. Yeah, my problem is distraction bias. Like it, it's such an issue with like open world games like that. I've made it about two thirds through it. Um, my next like story mission is like level 26, but I'm level like 38 because I've done all the side quests and things leading to it. And I just got burnt out. So I bounced off and I haven't gone back. Oh, I want to go back. Like I said, I just want to make sure I've got a set chunk of time to do it with. The story didn't grasp me as much as the first either. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, that first one was so. And again, I, don't, I haven't played as many games as, as some of you, but. I mean, that story, man, that thing blew me. Away. That made me feel. That made me feel bad about living my 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 daily life. You know, like I'm in the grocery store. I'm like, there are villagers being trampled right now, and I'm picking out eggs. Like, you know, how is that fair? You know. But no, yeah, that that was that, that the first game was amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's like the anticipation for the second one. I, I don't know how I could pick anyone other than Aloy. I yeah, I I get that you know uh, she'd probably be a really close runner up for me because she's one of the most relatable uh, lead characters I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, like the hero no one wanted. Yeah, she doesn't I just really want the job, but she's the only one that can do it. I get her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so Aloy, my favorite on-screen hero for 2022. All right. Moving on to favorite comic book related adapted TV show or movie. I feel like a broken record here. Uh, for me, it was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, again, it, it just it kind of broke the formula of what the MCU had been. Uh, the weird, like almost horror aspect to it. Um, it was just enjoyable. And the, like we said, we didn't even know who the villain was going to be when it came out. And that kind of twist was cool seeing the multiverse and seeing the Illuminati and seeing all those things. Uh, it just felt good. Like I left there and I was like, that was, that was a fun movie. And it did something that an MCU movie hadn't done for me in a while because they were starting to feel a little formulaic to say the least. Um, and that one broke the formula, whatever issues that the movie does have within itself. Cause there are issues with it, but it, it was a fun ride and, really i couldn't put my finger on any other things that i really really would probably throw up there i'm sure if i'd actually gotten the opportunity to watch the new season of the boys i would have considered it but i haven't had the chance to yet so for me it is dr strange in the multiverse of madness and where else can you see bruce campbell fighting with his own hand (laughs) oh well other than that other movie he did it in right (laughs) okay (laughs) sorry Damn Raimi, I love that. (laughs) It's such a good gimmick. It is so funny. Yeah. Well, there there really wasn't much uh, choice here for me. It was one thing hands down since I watched it, The Sandman. I absolutely 100% adored the Netflix adaptation. I thought it was amazing. I think all the vitriol being thrown at it for casting was completely irrelevant. 
I loved everything about it. Even the things that were changed in the Rose Walker storyline from the original comics, I thought worked very well for a TV series, and I agreed with the decisions. So uh, I thought Sandman was one of my, possibly one of my favorite comic adaptations of all time right now. So nice. uh, yeah, I, I absolutely adored it, and that's my pick, Sandman. Yeah, I'm not really going to belabor the point either. I feel like I have to give it props simply because I was wanting it for so long, and we did the uh, did the retroactive review for it, or at least I did. So yeah, I'm going with the the Neil Gaiman Sandman as well. Netflix did a nice job; they really knocked it out of the park, and I was almost happy with uh, all the uh, anger that was being directed toward it. I was like, did you never read the comic book? Why, why are we getting upset? <laughs> I mean, a lot of these themes he had done back in the late 80s, early 90s, and you guys are acting like it's some confused variation of it that's too woke for you. I was like, no, you are you clearly didn't pay attention. So. You, you obviously don't understand Neil Gaiman's writing at all, because that's Not all he's ever been. It's, uh... No, and that's just it. He's always been pressing those issues with, with you know, uh, no, but I, I agree. I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought, I, and I even liked that the bonus episode that they did uh, with the the cats. Oh, I'm so glad they threw the, the the cats I, in. It was such fan service, and I was so here for it. I thought that was such a nice little touch. Um, but yeah, they. I thought that was. An, I thought it was really, really well done. And and I know I reported it uh, a couple episodes ago, but that the fact that they renewed it for a second season is very exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where they're going with that. Yeah, I've got to back that up by saying that you know after being a fan of the comics and then listening to all three volumes of the audio drama recently, mm. and how fantastic those are, I had really high expectations. So the fact mm. that it met those expectations is nothing short of astounding. Yeah, really well done. Yep. Gary, what you got? Well, um, like I said, I actually watched a lot of TV this year. I watched She-Hulk. I went back and watched Loki. I watched the Hawkeye series. Um, I watched a animated one called Arcane, which is based off of a video game. And I have been on this major Moon Knight kick. I, I went from Black Knight to the Moon Knight comic. So when the Moon Knight series came out, I loved it. And... You know, like when like you, you, you have a child who's like your favorite athlete on their team, but then there's like another kid who's like also like he's like you like him just because he's really good. Well, I, I kind of felt like Moon Knight was like my kid and I was going to love him no matter what he did. So the fact that I actually had torn feelings kind of led me to go with Sandman. So I never read the comic. Um, so I came into it completely fresh and I loved it. Um, you know, so I didn't have any of the casting issues. I don't know what they changed from the original book. It was just, I, I, by the time it was done, I felt like I had watched like three or four different shows. Like I had forgotten that the stuff that happened in the first couple episodes was part of the same show that happened, you know, between like episodes four and five and then six and seven because there were like so many different layered stories in there. I mean, all with that common thread running through them, but I felt like I had watched multiple shows by the time it was done. It was, it was, it was incredible. So uh, again, looking, you know, you mentioned season two coming up. I don't know what they're going to tap into, but I have no, uh, no preconceived notion. So I'm looking forward to it. So Sandman was my uh, favorite on-screen adaptation. See, that bums me out because that's one of the things I missed. I haven't had, had the chance to go back and watch it. So 
I will tackle that as soon as I get an opportunity. Since all three of you were like, it's the best. Great, great. That's the <laughs> thing I missed, right? Oh, I, right. I, I don't know that I've seen us do, you know, our favorites are all the same thing if we're like no. three out of four. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen very well. Oh, there was that, that Jackie Chan thing that I, I threw the wrench in. I think we, that was a that was a three quarter. Hey, did you see they're doing Rush Hour Four? Oh dear God! There was a three. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. No, right. no, I didn't. I didn't know they were doing. <laughs> oh yeah, it just got announced. Fun, fun. <clears throat> Had to bring up Jackie Chan. All right. Anyhow, uh, moving forward to rest in peace characters. So the two rest in peace categories are things uh, that are tied to characters that have either gone away due to a cancellation, a series conclusion, they get killed off, or if we're reading the comic and we're like, we're done with this. Um, so I'm also going to kick it off with someone who I'm not 100% sure is gone. Um, and the last time I will be talking about this during our awards is Scarlet Witch from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. One last time. No. Uh, that the... The fact of her going away um, at the end and the way she went was just heart-wrenching. Um, and I, I've recently gained such a love for that iteration of Scarlet Witch, especially after WandaVision. Um, it was hard not to fall in love with the character. So seriously, it did something um, on, on a deeper level when that movie wrapped and the potential of her not being around anymore kind of sucks. But hey, there's a multiverse. So who knows? So Scarlet Witch is my rest in peace character. Mm. Mark? Good choice. Uh, well, I have a couple of times on this podcast before sung the praises of the Cartoon Network show Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart. <laughs> and uh, I'm giving my rest in peace to Mau Mau because it looks like the series might have been quietly canceled. Uh, it's Apparently season two was in development since 2020. There's been no development since, and now sources are leaking out that it's no more. So I am, it's heart wrenching for me because I absolutely adored that show. Well, well I did it last year and I'm going to do it again. Um, so this moment didn't technically happen in 2022, but it has happened since we last did our end of the year podcast. So I feel like that works. Does that work for you guys? In Damn it, Matt. I do. I know. I, I play, I, I flirt with the timeline here a little bit. Um, so at any way, we recorded our episode on the 9th of December last year. Matt uses fiscal this years. Moment, what's that? Matt uses fiscal yep. years. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, and this movie came out on the 17th of December of that year as well. And I'm going with, I'm laying to rest. Aunt May. From the uh, the ageless Marissa Tomei, so goodbye, Aunt May. How is it possible to get better looking as you get older like that? I know it's not fair. <laughs> She's defying <laughs> physics. <laughs> She's outstanding, but the character was good too, and it was really sad to see her go. So I, I thought that was that was upsetting. So, oh yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry, I should probably have said that. Beforehand. It's been a year. I right, that's what I figured too, and with this, our listening audience, I'm sure they saw it. I'm sure they own it by now and have seen it seven or eight times you're like aunt may's dead what (laughs) pick your aunt may there you go (laughs) gary who's your r.i.p character well i'm actually upset you didn't pick this one because i honestly didn't think there was another choice he was my favorite hero in the comics from last year award my rest in peace character 
is going to go to Ernie Ray Clementine, the scumbag. I don't know what else I can say about this other than that series ended, I think, the only way it possibly could. It was so beautiful and messed up. It got so far out in left field, and then in three or four panels, it just all snapped back. And like I said, I don't think there's any other way they could have wrapped that up. But yeah, the scumbag, Ernie Ray Clementine, is my rest in peace character for 2022. And I highly recommend that you go find out what I'm talking about. Yeah, Rick Remender killed it with that. No matter how weird that book got, it made so much sense by the end. I, I yeah, that, that was a gut drop. I feel like this is one I need to uh, look at because Gary's been extolling its virtues for a while. Oh, well, it's ridiculous. Phil, and Phil got me on to Rick Remender anyway. So, like, I mean, that that's kind of been an interest. So, yeah, I have to give that a look-see. It is one of his crazier books. Yeah. All right. Our last category for part one. Rest in peace, title, show, or movie series. This one is incredibly near and dear to my heart, and yet another Rick Remender. Deadly Class. 56 issues of pure time frame beauty. If you have not, if you know nothing about Deadly Class or you've not been listening to the show ongoing pick of the month for me for a very very long time um it's uh rick remender and west craig it's the art it was about an assassination school uh it was a period piece initially that started in the 80s and it progressed up until present day uh in the final arc the fond farewell final arc which was time jumps following the main character and who ended up being his wife um, and what basically happened to all of the people as they got older and the basic demise of every single character. And I don't know the last time I finished a comic series and at the end literally was like, it could not have possibly ended better. I don't have any loose ends. I feel like everything was tied perfectly and I cannot speak highly enough of my praises for this. And now that it's a complete thing, Go out and grab some trades and read this. Read it. It is so good. Very adult, very bloody. There are there's nudity and stuff in it too. Woo-hoo. Very, very, very good. And I'm sad to see it go, but it went out the right way. So rest in peace, Deadly Class. Thank you for the years of run. Mark. Uh, well, you know, I already gave my character rest in peace to Mau Mau, so I'm not going to repeat that with series. For my series, I'm going to go uh, Netflix series Lock and Key. Uh, that was an Over. interesting one, which uh, my wife and I saw the previews for it. We're like, this looks stupid. Uh, whatever. And then we ended up watching it and got completely addicted to it. And to the point where now the series is over and I'm reading the original comic it's based on by Joe Hill. And so, uh, if you're not familiar, Joe Hill is the son of one Stephen King. And uh, I honestly, I know this is blasphemy to a lot of people. I think he's a better writer than his father. So, <laughs> I'm wow. enjoying the comic. I'm enjoying the. Com- I don't like Stephen King's writing. I like his ideas and his stories, but I cannot stand that's, his writing. That's actually really well put. Yeah, I, I think he's a great idea man, but his writing just rambles and it drives me crazy. 
<laughs> he provides a really good setting for movies to be made off the books that he's written. Oh yeah. God, yes. Yeah. Uh, like I yeah. said, he's a fantastic guy for coming up with crazy ideas. He's brilliant, but I just I don't really like his writing style. So uh, yeah, my R.I.P. series goes to Lock and Key on Netflix. It's I think it's fantastic. It's a good uh, translation. It's a lot different from the comic, but it was really good in its own right. Nice. There nice. was a uh, Lock and Key Sandman crossover comic. What? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was this calendar year. What what what, what what I I need to find this. I need this in my life, and I yeah, need it right now. Um, <laughs> no, I remember seeing an ad for it, but I again, this is prior to the Sandman show, so I didn't really give it much. I I, I didn't look into it because Sandman didn't mean a lot to me at the time. But yeah, um, so that'd be uh, Matt. What is your yeah. rest in peace? Well, much like the slap across heard across the world, I kind of forgot that this show even ran in 2022. Um, uh, I'm going to say uh, the show that was near and dear to my heart, and I think, Mark, you, you were watching this alongside me as well, uh, in spirit, obviously, not in physical form. But um, this show came to a close in January. In fact, the second week of January, uh, we said goodbye to the Razzanante uh, and the amazing show that was The Expanse. Oh, um, my God. How did I close. miss that that was this year? <laughs> I was waiting for that moment. Oh. God, but damn um, it! <laughs> yeah, as I as I went through the the shows that ended in 2022, I was like, oh, I completely forgot. It feels like it feels like a lifetime ago. But um, I, I have to go back and rewatch the series, and I almost feel like I need to start at season three and move back forward because I feel like the first two seasons are just going to be kind of almost. I don't know. I, I need to rewatch that series. It was so so good. A weird question and random here because the topic. But have you read the books? No, not at all. Okay. Not a lick. All right. I'm in book five right now. So, so far nice. the series is pretty spot on. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And there's a, a podcast that I listened to uh, while I was watching the show called uh, Belta Loda. And uh, they were doing, <laughs> yeah, what? right. Uh, it's, it's, you'll get it if you watch the series or read the books. Okay. It's a really strange dialect that they have um, for the Belters. It's, and it's like, it's uh, a pigeon it's a, English kind of thing. It almost reminds you of a South African accent for some reason. It's, like but it's, South, really... it's part South African, part like a Jamaican Islander. It's part mm -hmm. uh, Caribbean. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like all sorts of different like pidgin English mashed together. There's some Spanish in it. Um... Yeah, but it's it's such a good series, and it gets it it doesn't. It's sci-fi, but it feels very real. It, it's hard to explain that, but it, it does. It feels very grounded in in reality to a certain extent in terms of like what the future probably might look like with certain technologies. Obviously it takes, it takes a little bit of artistic license, but yeah, I can't recommend the show enough and I really do need to go back and rewatch it. But yeah, that ended, uh, I believe it was the second week of January in if, 2022. If you ever yeah. get the chance, I highly recommend the books. Mm -hmm. uh, James S.A. Corey, it's two authors operating under one pen name. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also highly recommend their star Wars novel honor among thieves. It was excellent. Nice. But um, yeah, the, it, the best way I could describe The Expanse is I told people when I watched the first season, it feels like 24 in space, but without the countdown clock. <laughs> that same kind of political intrigue and all sorts of backstabbing mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's got that feel to it, but sci-fi. Yeah. Awesome show. Great. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Edit it. We'll go back. <laughs> can i change my answer <laughs> because Harry, the expanse is so right. much better than lock and key <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like I won here somehow. No. <laughs> well, I was going to pick the scumbag based on how it ended. That, that's so that's so weird. Like you, you read through an entire series and you feel about you know you feel about it a certain way, and then all it takes is a page or two, and your entire outlook on the entire thing that you just read completely changes. But due to a what I consider a lifetime achievement award, I am going to give this title, rest in peace, title show movie series, to the IDW Transformers run. Um. Good choice. Dreamwave Comics went out of business. IDW picked up the Transformers comic license and has been running that series or some variation of that series from October 2005 until they lose the license at the end of this year. So if my math is right, I think it's a 17-year run that they've been putting out Transformers comics. Wow. Um, I don't know where it's going. I think they're also losing G.I. Joe because somehow I think those two titles are tied to each other. It's Hasbro, so they're losing all the Hasbro licenses. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know where it's going, but a 17-year run of... I've got three or four long boxes just full of like non-sequential Transformers comics that I'm missing a lot, but it's it's a good portion of my collection. i got 17 years worth of you know, my favorite property. So, uh, pour one out for IDW. Uh, thank you. That's a good choice, Gary. Oh, thank you. Nice. Choice is everybody. Not all four on the same boat. All different things. So that's good. Yeah. Even though Mark would have picked the same thing if he had a memory. Uh, I feel like Mark and I had a lot of similar picks, actually, in some of these things. Or at least we were in the kind of same ballpark for some of this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody make any choices that you kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, I, anybody make a choice that came out either left field or something that you've really agreed with? I think we kind of discussed it as we were going along here, but is there any kind of uh, bow you guys want to put on your selections or somebody else's selections or anything like that? I, I can't say it was a left field, but there were a, cu- a couple uh, almost made it that I, I think were, again, out of left field somewhere. Like I said, the, the show Arcane. Um it's a League of Legends uh, offshoot, which is a video game series. Um, Joe Madiera, I guess, was kind of pushing that. I don't know how he's tied to it, but it was off of his Instagram that kind of tipped me off to it, and it was, I think, really well done. Didn't he do concept art for that or something? That might have been what it was, or someone that he was working with on... No, he actually think he worked on League of Legends. That could be why. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the story, I, I may get to this. Um, no, actually, I won't, because that, that would be the comic section. But there were characters out of that series that almost made it into favorite hero, favorite villain, stuff like that. Jinx was incredible. You know, as, as far as you're talking about, like, a, a tragic story, you know, she abandoned as a child, raised by, like, the villain of the story. And was just torn. A lot lot was with uh, Batman the Animated Series. I think when they took Robin and the Joker kind of brainwashed him and turned him into a little Joker. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, movie, Batman Beyond movie. Yes. Return of the Joker, yeah. Yes. So so Jinx has a a lot of shades of that. Oh. You know, it's like she's 
still has feelings and she's good inside, but her brain is so messed up, you know, doesn't know which way to go, you know, constantly tormented and fighting within herself, you know, excellent character. But so again, that uh, um, arcane, you know, for storyline characters, just, it was amazingly visual. Um, so that, that almost made it in quite a few things. But. Yeah, I feel the same way about everything everywhere all at once. I was surprised that didn't pop up a little bit more in my list for the year end because I just thought that was such an amazing movie. But um, the, I always come back to it every single time you bring it up. I'm always like, man, I really have to check this out. Uh, and that's Phil's recommendation of Deadly Glass. I always feel like that's something that is right up my alley. And I just need to actually, you know, like you said, when now that it's come to a complete uh, stop, it's going to be easy to get your hands on some trade paperbacks for that stuff. So I'm gonna, that's going to be my next move, I think. Oh, so good. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, you want to put a bow on this one? Yeah, I mean, well, we're going to pop back here in a couple of weeks and talk about our second half of our awards, which is a little more comic focused. I know you're going to kind of screw that up a bit, Matt, uh, as you're known. Always. Um, so, yeah, and that is what? In two weeks that you will hear <laughs> that? Something along those lines. Give or uh, take. Give or take. <laughs> uh, so, I guess until then. Enjoy your comics.